Tune into this as well as many other awesome episodes only available on Patreon. I have zero. Um, I have zero inbox. Do you know that? We do another contract here. Well, let's do a three-hour show. What? We should be done right now. Well, you're having this negotiation with me. That's the only problem. Well, who am I supposed to negotiate with, <laughs> Fred? And uh, the one thing I don't respond well to is humiliation. I don't respond well to it at all. You know, I don't want to be told what a shithead I am. I don't want to. Be, you know, I, this, those days are over. I've, I've suffered enough in this business. I don't need to, to find out what a shithead I am. Are you ready for this? Cut your hair, man. What do yeah. you do? What's going on? I'm getting old. So I what? You know, you, I can't keep it like yours. You know, I'm, I'm old too. So what? Yeah, but you're ugly. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Jesus. What are you saying? I need the hair? You need it. No, I Boy, need you it. need it. Well, you know, it's just interesting when people have their kids on the air. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if a kid was a fuck-up, you just keep them quiet. I put my kids on the air more, but they, they want no part of it. When you're trying to just have a friendly conversation, when he's irritable, the things you do every day become the wrong thing to do. That's true. He doesn't listen. That's right. But the most irritating thing of all is that we used to be good friends, and we just aren't anymore. I still love him, but he says everybody's expendable, and I just have to live with that. I was going to look for a Nikki Hilton. Wait, you, but you see, those good-looking rich kid, rich uh, girls, they don't go for a guy like me because they don't need my money. And Rickles tells me this story, so Beth says to Don Rickles, gee, I wonder what they say about me. <laughs> Don Rickles goes, you. <laughs> No one cares about you. You don't even know that important. No one says anything about you. No one. No one talks about you. I don't you're even not, know you. You're not that big. I do have to ask, do you think there's a physical match between him and Beth? Do you? I guess they're both tall and have tall fingers. Yeah, they look right together. <laughs> I don't know, they look more right together now. It was just on the regular show. <laughs> it just occurred to me. Like, who get, like, I, uh, it dawned on me like two days ago. Who's a, like, my hair's gonna get crazy because yeah. I don't have, like, a, I'm not gonna get a haircut. And then Beth goes, I'll cut your hair, but you can't cut my hair because my, my hair is curly. It's a unique. It's hard to cut your hair. Welcome to QF Podcast about Howard Stern, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me for this brunt is Sam. How are you, Sam? Oh, good. Just loving election month. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were just talking about how <laughs> the Ukraine could get better results, and they're in the middle of a fucking war. <laughs> I was like, Faster wait results. They're fucking so willy-nilly, too. They're like, yo, we're thinking about next week sometime they like, got a date um yeah we do i don't want you to hold me to anything oh no don't don't hold them to anything <laughs> fucking ukraine <laughs> could have bombs going off all around them and get it by midnight on the night guys this is number two in terms of the me series we're going with richard lewis for the interview and to give you guys a little perspective on where he is in his career at this point he had a show anything but love that lasted from 89 to 92 i think with jamie lee curtis which you can still see some clips online it's funny as fuck it's still really, really? one of my favorite shows you never saw that i've and ray I've reruns never saw that no. they released it they released i think i think annie potts was in it not annie potts sorry i can't remember her name uh she used to write for detail 
details. Um, but uh, she the the show was funny as fuck. And um, I just remember one line where they were talking about guilty things that they there are things that they're guilty about. They're at the diner and he uh-huh. goes, "One time I canceled a date to stay home and watch American Gladiators." <laughs> <laughs> I used to love American Gladiators when I was a kid. It was such a fun show. Are you um, a big Nitro fan? Oh my God! How did you remember that? <laughs> I watched it too, like the early, early, like uh, first season or second season. I watched it a couple times because it's, yeah. it's the competition aspect. I think that's why Survivor has lasted because it is at the end of the day people against other people, even if it's all set up. Yeah, I just thought it was such a fun show when I was a kid, and so I plus Jamie Lee Curtis. I would love to see that. She was so pretty in the early nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh, at any rate, so the he that show is off. It did they did about fifty two episodes. It was quite successful. I looked at the ratings for the first season, which was I think it was a mid season replacement, six episodes, and each one of them got like twenty million viewers, like a twenty share. That's wow. how big the show yeah. was initially. I don't know what happened, why it went the way it did, because it should have run a lot longer. But after that, he got a sitcom uh, for a year called Daddy Dearest, and they put him with Don Rickles as his, you know, roommate. It was actually what? pretty funny. What um what network was that on? I'm I'm gonna say ABC, but I can't remember offhand. I think it was ABC. Wow. Yeah. You know what's so funny is when you hear a number like that many viewers or that mm-hmm. high of ratings, it's so funny because now the way TV works, you know, nobody it's the same with albums. Like nobody's gonna sell those like thirty million albums or like no. nobody's gonna it's never gonna be like that those specific time shots appointment or time and appointment TV like that's never yeah. going to happen again. Well, yeah, they'd kill for like a ten million, you know, a ten share these days. The way the way. Oh my uh, god, Jimmy Kimmel's barely breaking a million. No, the thing is with um, uh, with that show, I don't know. Like we remember we did the reshinding for Ellen. And yeah. and her show also did similar numbers for the longest time, and it wasn't like a top twenty hit. Right. You know what I mean? You're, like yeah, twenty million. Was- 20, a 20 share and it still wasn't breaking into the top 10 sometimes. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't. Everybody thinks that that show was like super duper popular. Right. No, Frasier was like super duper popular. That yeah. show was just like, OK, it was doing fine. And it was, it was, actually, it was holding its own. It was kind of kind of teetering off until she came out on the show and then it just yeah. fell off a cliff. That's right. So either way, guys, it's the, the, the you, you know what to expect and we won't spend as much time mocking his uh, little intros, but uh, we're going to do our best to get through it. I love this interview for all the reasons it sucks, because he's at his worst. He can't handle a dr- clearly drunk. You tell me if you disagree. I think Richard's fucked up in this or at least a little tipsy. And he would have been in the, you know, in the middle of his addiction because he had a, he, he released a book about it. He was uh, he was an absolute drunk throughout most of his uh, career. I remember some sort of anecdote about him falling asleep in a movie theater or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And he writes about that in his book. And his book is actually kind of funny, but it, it's not as funny. There as a movie premiere. Yeah, yes. he tells I think premiere. a league of their own. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. <laughs> but I could see how it gets a little long-winded if you're, you know, a guy. Kind of, it's kind of a movie <laughs> you would watch at your house, but I wouldn't necessarily want to sit in a movie theater for that whole thing. Well, there you go. And listen to some speeches beforehand. God, premiere. Anyway, here we go, guys. Uh, <laughs> never gets old. So cheeky. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what? You know what? It's the, eyes. <laughs> it's the eyes. I was going to say, you know, I don't know what it reminds me of. America's Next Top Model, Tyra Banks always would tell the contestants to smile with their eyes. Smize, she'd right. say. And she'd show them how to do it. And so she would do it and it would look whatever. It looked fine. It, it was well, <laughs> unique, I guess, to her part of her modeling talent. Ooh, right. she, Tyra can smize. Right. So that's part of her talent. And every season she brought up smizing. This looks like if Howard was a contestant on that show and trying to smize but can't do it. It sounds it looks to me like that last shot where the eyes are kind of frozen there before they went to, you know, they they drop to this, uh, like the, the look of the molester before he puts the fucking chloroform over your mouth. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's the last vision you see. I'm sorry. So yeah. in, this, in terms of, by the way, guys, in terms of where this runs in the episodes, I, I did have a list of what order they were in because I really wanted to get this in the progression of each one and see how he changed his look or how he, if he changed his style, it's not going to change that drastically, but also to give you an idea of how comfortable is he from episode to episode? Is he getting more comfortable and right. or not, you know, as the case may be. So, so what so, number is this? I don't know. Uh, but either way it's, it would only lasted like there were 27 episodes. So we were talking a year and a half basically. So here we go. That's the uh, hey, am I successful or what? Look at me with my own show, The Howard Stern Interview. Oh. And here I am with Richard Lewis. Very famous comedian, Richard Lewis. How are you? Thank you, Richard. Can you say it right now? You look thin. Right. You look like an idiot. Yes. <laughs> this is... All right, that is absolutely absurd. I have It's to absurd? Late. Hey, you do mind. look good. No. Thin. Let me tell you but something. But no, I, why you do? You're so destructive. Yeah. You're why so do lucky. I look bad? Let me tell you something. You do not look good because... Uh, I do not look good? You know what? Seriously. Do the I sneakers... have a greenie hanging out of my wardrobe? Uh, but no. you know what? You're jealous of this jacket. Absolutely. You know what I'm jealous of? No. Well, absolutely nothing. That's why I'm here to tell you that. Take I care know. of yourself. All right. Goodbye, Richard. Because you're so envious of people... No. Hi. How Richard, let me conduct... Can no, don't shake my hand. I want to... No. I don't want to shake hands. I even shake. All right. Shake my hand. We're going to start. Richard you want to Let me Let me describe this. A lot of people at home... This a big purpose. He's drunk. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a little loose. Okay. But this ponytail. Yeah. Holy, a half ponytail with a little. Forget about what, what is, the bangs. What about the, like, what's this half bangs? He looks like flock of seagulls meets D Snyder. This is like a middle school girl's ponytail. Yeah. I don't understand this. And this jacket, every outfit is so confusing on him. Remember that first one? It was that really oversized pants suit with the with the padding in the shoulders with the jacket. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, he looked like whatever. But this is a completely different look. I mean, it's all so bad. He has no definition, hence the big padding. I guess that's his biggest thing was like, my shoulders are not wide enough. I don't look like a man. You know what I mean? And it that's looks like that's, he stuffed football gear under that jacket. But that, but you can't. You, this is the thing. You cannot create that in a guy and a woman. You can sort of do it. But then it, it, like you, I don't know. There's certain ways you can carry that off. But most men can't because then they're looking at your neck. They're looking at your face. The body doesn't match the shoulders. All of a sudden, what you just put like a fucking half a broomstick across your shoulders to make the shoulders look long, like wider. It looks like yeah. shit. It does. You know, look at he's wearing a T-shirt and a sweater and a mm -hmm. leather jacket. 
What is happening? What is he, Dice Clay? I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, we're not going to get too hung up on the looks for for the whole episode, guys. But again, that's it's it for me. That was yeah. the initial shock, and I'm over it. Yeah. And the gla- sunglasses got to start, of course. There's a lot of people at home who don't know who Richard Lewis is. A lot of people. Oh, are not aware that's of him. Oh, who wrote that? And for you? Uh, let me just say that Richard Lewis is a fine stand-up comedian. Oh, he also has been uh, on several television programs. Hmm. Uh, they have not done well. He cannot keep his eye on the fucking camera. Is he that blind? I don't quite understand this. He's going looking right. He's looking down. He's looking up. It's not crazy eyes because crazy eyes is when he shifts. What is what is it with him? Can he not see or is he just afraid of the camera? He's afraid of the camera because he has shifty eyes, I think. And Mm -hmm. I think if he focuses on one thing too much, it starts going back and forth fast, like more Mm -hmm. rapidly. So I think maybe to maybe to not have that happen so much, he looks around so that it doesn't look like he's doing that back and forth with his eyeballs so quickly. Right. Okay. He has been in movies, but he is uh, due for a big hit. It's going to happen. First of all, Richard, my my vibe on you is that... that Wait, you do not. This hasn't. You wearing two sweaters? I am wearing two sweaters. That you do not enjoy stand-up comedy. No, you're gonna sit Is that on true? Yours. That's oh, okay. Believe me, you can't. Be sit interviewed. On be, if you're not going to be interviewed, I'm going to throw you off the couch. Wow. I want you to be interviewed tonight. Yeah, but you know. You do not enjoy stand-up comedy. Am I correct? You do not. You do not like being a stand-up comedian. Am I correct? You do not. You do not like being a stand-up comedian. Am I correct? What kind of question is this? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. It, it's it's he's shitting on his he's shitting on his profession. He, he he's projecting that look, I don't want to be a DJ. I want to be a movie star. You don't want to be a comic. You want to be a movie star, right? But everything he asks in these interviews in this interview show specifically, it has a negative connotation. It yes. starts off with a it, when you ask a question, you shouldn't be assuming something. You should yeah. be asking something because you're curious and you right. want to know what they think. If you're asking something with a presumption and then a negative connotation, how well do you think this is going to go? Well, it's like starting off. You hate your wife, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's what I have to say, right? Your yes. Yes. Is the idiots, answer you're looking they? for. Yeah. <laughs> Roy Cohn's ghost. No, come on. Oh, right <laughs> do you enjoy being a stand-up comedian? You do not. Do Am I, I correct? Enjoy? I love doing He's it. He's going to be difficult. I've he did it again. I just saw your spit. Did they see your spit? Because you don't cut it, do you? I don't care. I, I'm going to tell you something. He did it again. He mm-hmm. just, he said, what is this? And then he goes, okay, well, so do you like stand-up comedy? You like being a stand-up comedian? You don't, right? Like, he can't help himself. You just yeah. asked the same question pretty much almost the same way. This is like badgering the witness for no reason right away. Well, it's it, I've never I've never understood the whole why can't he just ask the question? Do you what do you love about stand up comedy? That, that, that way you're that way you're uh, you're posing it positively. OK, or at least leaving it open and open ended, because then the person can say, well, actually, I really don't. You know, I'd rather be doing I'd rather be doing writing. I'd rather be doing film. I'd rather do TV, whatever. Well, you're leaving you're leaving the person you're interviewing with nowhere to go. Yes. Because he, I think he's so nervous mm-hmm. when he starts these, especially. He has already, in his narcissism, in his head, how he wants this to go, how he wants the guests to answer. He's already projected these feelings and assumptions on these guests. Mm-hmm. And so 
he's like starts off real jittery right away and hammering them with these already these thoughts in his head that he's made up his mind about. And so this is what we get. I meant to ask you just a quick question before we got into this, because we did the one episode already. Do you think this is and I know my answer already to this, but I'm going to ask you. Okay. Do you think this is worse than the channel, the the Fox pilots, or or better? I think it's worse, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because he should know better, number one, and because at that time, that time you could give him the excuse of they didn't know what they were doing; they're still finding their feet. Now it's like seven, six years later, and he ha- doesn't have the trappings of Jackie and Robin around. If he's really talented, this is the time to show it, and he's unable to. I think the Fox pilot you can blame on a variety of things possibly and Mm -hmm. there was some there was some sort of quirkiness to that show and just amateur hour that that made it funny because there was a bunch of different elements going on at once this is really raw just howard Mm -hmm. so it's worse because he has nowhere to bounce off of except for the guest who he's torturing and it's uncomfortable well, this is what I wanted to say. I wanted the reason why I wanted to go with this series is because doesn't it dovetail perfectly into what he is now when he does these interviews? Except he's more fawning now. He has other people writing actual questions, and that's different. But he's still projecting most of the time. Well, that's the thing. the The questions are pre written for him now, and yes. even with that help. It's still as bad. It's not mm-hmm. as bad. And sometimes you get a glimmer, especially if the guest is a really, really personable, charismatic guest. Yes. You will get sometimes a decent interview, I'd say, mm-hmm. like not mm-hmm. groundbreaking or anything, but it, it'll be OK. Right. This is just brutal. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. That you tell me something. I, I'm, uh, I guarantee you I will not learn anything from it or evolve right. as a human Since you've reduced it to this, I'm going to now just reduce pictures. it. I'll show I pictures have a new- of your girlfriends. How's that? Now, either you answer my question. Oh, you got a bit? I have. He reduced him right off the gate, right out the gate, and now he's gaslighting him. And he's Mm -hmm. mad that he's not enjoying it. So he's. And he's not not able to control it. Right. You're not playing along? Oh, since you just reduced it. No, buddy, you did. Mm hmm. And he's he's not able to adapt. That's the one thing I've noticed. Anytime there's a certain guest in, uh, there are certain escape routes that he uses. Like, uh, you know, if he, he when Gary Coleman comes in and says, I heard, you know, basically uh, that you might have been the catalyst for Dana Plato killing herself. No, actually, she had a great time. Da, 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 da. It's almost like, OK, here's what we say when a guest calls us out on our shit. It's well, like they I have was... a, you know, chain of like, a, it's, like it's almost like um, a fire exit rules. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. An escape hatch. Um, This reminds me and Trump people don't get mad at me, but this reminds me of Trump when he is in an interview with a journalist that's not not being some suck ass and is asking him something that he doesn't like or doesn't like the way it's being asked. This is how the interview goes. It becomes this combative, tense, shitty spectacle where it's like i don't i didn't learn anything i'm uncomfortable i'm not enjoying watching this and then you see them steamroll all over the interview and they try to divert it some other way and to make it it in some other direction which is stern has been doing his entire life and it's really funny because alec baldwin stern and trump all 
are raging narcissists and they yes. all do this in interviews. And Kanye West. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bits, I have you, you write bits? I have tape. Oh, I can't wait to see them. It's like, not a bit. I have real tape. Picture Felix the cat and drag. No, 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 nothing like that. Like that. <laughs> Listen, Howard, Richard, first of all, you became, you you are um, someone who came to the attention of the public through stand-up comedy. Through you, only no, through, through you. Through stand-up comedy. Through you in your little dark room where you think you're good. No, through, through your little dark room with your own little <laughs> private world in your head. Through with this through stand-up comedy. Actually, Herman <laughs> Design did a good job, but he has, he had the wrong model. So it look, Richard Lewis is a condom comedy. He he goes back to the comedy store. He's a road dog. He's been through every fucking venue. He's been in front of crowds. He's a neurotic mess. But when he when he's in front of a camera, he he's he's fine with it. He's fine being on mic all the time. Well, he's comfortable with himself, plus he's loose from probably booze. Yeah. But you can tell that a comic thinks that other people who are in the comedy world, kind of, you know, Howard's adjacent to it with his radio show, that they can take, and comics do it all the time, they shit on each other. The whole Opie and Anthony show was shitting on each other and making fun of each other all day right. long. That's right. anytime they had comedians in, that's, this is just what they do. You'll You'll see it with any 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 comic who has a podcast does it. Like Mark Norman gets in with, um, you know Shane Gillis, and all they do is rip on each other and Ari Shafir, and it's funny, and mm -hmm. and everybody can handle it. Richard Lewis is making the mistake of thinking that Howard can handle being yeah. made fun of. He he can't. can throw. Him, he think he can throw him the ball. Right. He and they can't. can pass it around. No, he can't. And they're finding that out now. That's the thing. In yeah. the studio, when he goes in, he's got he like maybe they don't even realize. Well, I think actually the comedians know Jackie writes for him because Jackie would be going around saying, yeah, I, I'm a writer. I'm a writer for the show. So they know what he does. But on their, on some level, they must think, no, he's OK. He'll be OK with this if I go this way. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize at his core, he doesn't have anything to go back on. Right. It's combative immediately. But. If the guest is complimentary, like remember in the Gary Shandling one, he kept begging for compliments, like, you know, a homeless drug addict on the street. Like, please, sir, I need a yeah. compliment. Look at my and, wardrobe. Tell, tell me how good I look. <laughs> yeah. How good was that opening? I look right. handsome. Right. 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 <laughs> right. And he's he's, he's going to do the and he pretty much I don't think he does the same here. We'll have to we'll have to go a little further to, to find out. But either way, it's it's the same bag of tricks. And it's like, what 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 interviewer do you watch where he literally has uh, question A, B and C all lined up that he can't on the fly go in another direction and make it a conversation as opposed to bullet points that you ask every single one of these, like the um, in the actor's studio inside the actor's studio, the, the James Lipton guy. Right. That's why, too, he can um, even when he was doing that supposed you know amazing summit <laughs> that got leaked yeah. he has to get out all the bullet points and save your questions at the end this isn't going to be an interactive meeting where you're gonna <laughs> where i'm gonna take criticism that's right you get that notepad out and listen to me rant and rave i don't want to hear any feedback well there was also no no feedback because he didn't want feedback because he didn't want to be asked details about anything so that like, because he could, he wouldn't be able to explain any further or any better. Right. And like, don't put me on the spot and show me exactly what a fucking 79 I am, dickhead. Yeah. Don't ask me what I mean when I yeah. say this. Right. You should just know it. So.
Oh, come on. Come on. It's actually pretty hot. You're being, it's, it's a great jacket. because I, you don't congratulate me. I, I'm starting, <laughs> I have a new show on Fox, The Idea is the Well, stars. I was going to do a half-hour profile with of Don you. Don Rickles is brilliant. And, you know, I had to hear you yes. and call you at four in the morning because, you know, you, you're the kind of person, you know, look, you're so insecure. And I know why I love you, because, number one, you have been very good to me. Number two, right. the fact that you nail me behind my back. I should actually do the interview. I just I'd feel more comfortable like Miles Davis. I feel more comfortable talking piece. behind your back. Richard, That's sit right. back and be interviewed. No one should have. His house, you, you've got a dinner. People you know should what? always sit like this. I, wow, have prepared, I have prepared a very good Let interview. Let me finish my point. You, your point will go on endlessly. You're, you're boring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. This is Unless, a train wreck. It is, and I, I would argue that they're both narcissists. I... I can't take my eyes off this car wreck. Mm -hmm. This is like a 50 car pile up on television. <laughs> Did you ever see the Tom Snyder interview with Stern as well? Oh yeah. Multiple right? times. Uh, it's, it's, it's one that's worth going after because oh, yeah. covering because he slider has Snyder slider slider. <laughs> slider top gun. <laughs> you stink <laughs> Snyder. Um, he doesn't hide his disdain for Howard one bit. Nope. And that Anything. you never see that anymore. I mean, this is this is overt, like ribbing and joshing, and you know, this is Richard Lewis. Like mm -hmm. this is, but Tom Snyder's was that's a shading. That's like shade. <laughs> yes, and he. I loved how he sp he spun it years later. Like, oh, I totally. He was he was thrown for a loop. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do with me. Like, no, he knew. It he spun it the way he spun Arsenio by making yes. him seem like the leader of that thing. And he was right. so rebellious and cool. And then you actually watch it. If you never saw it and you just heard Howard's take on it, you would think he, he owned him. Right. It was a yeah, demolition. That's not what happened at all. No. <laughs> Talk. No, you you're boring talk. people. You're you're boring people. You're you're being Don't psychotic. Judge. Yeah, you're being psychotic. And you know right what? Now, you know that what? Was the worst, that was the worst line reading. You're, you're, you're shot out of a cannon. Richard Lewis. How thin you got. Since he became famous. No, you look like uh, who's si who's the sidekick on Lone Ranger? Uh, I can see you're you not going to let me No, you look like Phil Silverheels. You know the he, yeah. he, he, like was Tonto. An Indian. No, Tonto's son who went to rabbinical school. Right. I, <laughs> okay. Oh, you laugh. Okay. You know what? This reminds me of Kanye. Like when he gets interviewed, I uh -huh. just listened to something about he was like on Lex Friedman podcast or something. Yes, yes he Russian. is. Russian. I but, like him. But he's no, he's a good interviewer. He's because it's all just very matter of fact. He's very matter of fact. He's very Russian. Like his his whole podcast. I'm like, you could totally tell this guy's Russian just by his delivery. And right. he just sat back and. The, the ADHD of Kanye in these interview in this mm -hmm. interview was like yep. reminds me of this where it's like one point to the next no, no train of thought following each other ever ever put a marble on a piece of glass yeah and then try to follow where it's going you know what I mean right so same thing or that maze game remember back in the day the labyrinth the, four the labyrinth. labyrinth yeah whatever you have to like the four <laughs> I had that yeah exactly <laughs> I get uh, so mad yeah. I'm like God damn it. Well, there you go. So in, in this case, again, it, he's not able to riff. He's not able to. And I think what the one of the big problems with this particular interview is going to be that he in the studio, he's freewheeling. It's just a conversation. But because this is an interview show, he's shoehorning it. And he decides like, OK, normally we're freewheeling and we're all improv. But now that I'm doing this, I have to do like an honest to God 
A, B, A, B, A, B, give and take interview as opposed to just chi- just chilling and just having fun. So I, I don't know what it is. Maybe – and now to be fair to Stern, he might have been given directives by E to make this more structured, more whatever, more you know, give and take. I thought – I think if, you know, if they want a combative Stern at some point, which he got a lot on the radio show, that's how he was. Sure. Yeah. Wait at least 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> right. I like, mean, it, make it a, a portion lot. of the interview, not the whole interview. Or like, like if you know there's a specific hot topic about his life, but he also has to promote a TV show, maybe do the um, exposition, then the TV show, and then get into it. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you finally got 20 I'm... minutes and you finally made me laugh. All right, listen, Richard Lewis. I'm not here to make you yeah, laugh. You are here to make me laugh. Are you out of your You're mind? My, court jester. my goal is to make you cry. Let me tell you something. You, um, I'm your court jester. You ego I'm going to talk about women with you now because you're Great. not allowed Let's me to go, get a word darling. In. There, there came a time where Richard oh, look Lewis at me. became are you popular. Really? Why I, I don't want to. I don't want to look at you. Richard Lewis became popular. <laughs> I don't want to look at you either. <laughs> Richard Lewis yeah. became popular on television. Became popular on television. And what happened was suddenly he was attractive to women. Is that true? Well, you don't do this. Would you just leave that alone? I, 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 he be, suddenly became attractive to women. Yeah. What, and, suddenly, I, yes. I love women. And I'm going to show a picture of you first. That you do a stick. Are you doing you, a bit? Like, like this is the perfect f- screenshot. Stern's clearly pissed off that he's lost control of this completely. And he's looking, he's angry, but he's looking off again, not even off camera. He's not even looking at Richard at this point. But and here's he pointed the problem. If you kind of know how Richard is as a personality and you could tell he's a little loaded. Yeah. Why would you choose as an interview as a tactic to immediately piss him off? Yeah. Well, it's because he, I think it's just the, the whole thing. It's my show. The, it's the whole hubris. Like, it's my show. You're going to do what the fuck I say. And that's what's but going through not, his mind. But it's not working. And you know how he is. So it was a big mistake. Well, it, it, it's those one of those things. So he can't in the middle of the fucking turn. Like, he's on right. the off ramp. He cannot go back onto the highway. He's, right. he's committed to this. And now he's, there's no way if, if first of all, it was me. I, and maybe it was the limited time. They couldn't do this. I would have just scrapped all this and started from scratch. Yeah. He's going to see this through to the end. Like, you know, Tunnel he's vision. an American, he's an American idol contestant and he is going to finish, finish singing respect, even though he can't sing a note and not get off the stage until the cane comes and yanks him. Listen, we just Bob and I covered the Katie Lee interview from 2008 or so, and mm-hmm. the he goes on to the topic of like, do you shit? Do, like he's asking this woman, do you shit? And he literally can't get off it for minutes at a time when it's clear that they're uncomfortable with it. Beth's uncomfortable. Then he goes on about how Beth can't shit. And those of you who you you guys will have seen this by the time this is recorded or heard this as well as you know if you're listening instead of watching, but. It takes Artie to tell him, yeah, girls don't want to talk about this. Get off the fucking subject. Nobody wants to talk about this. Yeah, let's just pretend Beth doesn't have a colon and move on. Right. Got all Steve Allen thing back in the 60s. Listen, you want me to interview you or not? Are you going to get. You don't look at me. This is not funny what you're doing. You're interrupting every three seconds. Uh, And you're not not saying anything funny. All right, now let me say something. Uh, All right. Richard Lewis, when he became famous. Such an idiot. When you became famous. I said homophobic. I didn't I said idiot. You started to date. You said you're afraid of dating. And you started to date women. Mm-hmm. And you started to date very good looking women. 
Because you yourself are not a great looking guy. Whoever said I was. Yet you. <laughs> this is so <laughs> insane. And it's so crazy to film where this is still what he does. He's this obsessed is, he with the most surface level bullshit. Nobody of cares. Course. Okay, everybody went through awkward phases in life, and some people end up growing out of them. Ta da! He, first of all, Richard Lewis is not a bad looking guy in, in any stretch. He looks like a guy. And he yeah. did the same thing to Gary Shandling, who was equally like, what the fuck are you going on about this for? He still does this. Yep. All that. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Lisa Kudrow, you weren't good looking, right? Right? When you were young, right? <laughs> in high school. You must be like really great. You must be really great to be able to go back to the reunion and say, look what you fucking passed up. Hey, can you go grab your yearbook real quick? Yeah. Um, honestly, started to get girls of model caliber. You know, I think I think that you and are a lot of times homosexual that you want. Me. Why, why would why would I be a closet because homosexual? Because you are preoccupied, man, and I have three oh, children. There's a million couples by the way why. you handle your celebrity. I just think that you're preoccupied with my looks. That's all I, you ever talk about. Say, wow, <laughs> Richard, we speak your name. Oh man, I wish I would have heard this before I started listening to the show. Maybe I would have been clued in a lot earlier. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, guys, he's joking, but a part of me wonders how much he's actually joking. Hey, can you rewind that for a sec? Because I want to see what his face does more. I want to study that. You mean Howard's or Richard's? Howard's. Okay, one sec. Because I think he smirked. Okay, he did, actually. He had that little look in his eyes. That's that's what kind of why it reminded I wanted to do this me. interview. It reminds me of when Ralph said uh, he told him to leave. And he goes, I don't want to go. Ralph goes, I don't want to go. And Howard gave him the biggest smirk. Let's see. You started to date very good looking women because you yourself are not a great looking guy. Whoever said I was. But yet you started to get girls of model caliber. You know, I think I think that you and are a lot of times homosexual that you want. Me. Why, why would why would I be a closet? Because homosexual? you are preoccupied. I'm a married man and I. Yeah. The eyebrow went up too. That's yep. a get, that's a face that's giveaway. A giveaway. Like you got that's like you got me. A facial giveaway, guys. Do you want me? To, do you want me to throw roll, roll that back one last time just to just to get it uh, just to get the uh, the the look in from people who didn't miss who didn't get that? Yeah, sure. Okay. Afraid of dating, and you started to date women, mm -hmm. and you started to date very good looking women. Because you yourself are not a great-looking guy. Whoever said I was? But yet you started to get girls of model caliber. You know, I think I think that you and are a lot of times homosexual that you want. Me. Why? Why would Why would I be a closet because homosexual? Because you are pre. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. <laughs> that, that, that was almost the, like a Paul Lynn wink. That that eyebrow, both eyebrow, the eyebrows, both eyes kind of went up, right? Went up in a smirk to the side. By the way, you have to cut that out for the opening when he said you're a quasi-homosexual. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> the perfect <laughs> opening quote. Oh, yeah. I'm a married man and I have three oh, children. Big deal. There's but a million I'm couples in Hollywood. By the way, you handle your celebrity. I just think that you're preoccupied with my looks. That's all I you am, ever talk about. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a break these, here. These things are going to break. I'm going to take a break no, here. I'm going to have, have a serious discussion with you during the commercial. And no, if you no. want to allow me to interview you, then we will continue this interview. If not, I will throw you off the couch and interview you without you being here. Now, I am going to take a break. Wow, that would be great. We I'm going to take a break. I'm going to talk to you during the commercial. I want to talk to you, but you don't look at me. you got to answer the question. If you look at me, I will talk to All you. All right. This is, by the way, a great freeze. This is the reason, too. He said, I'll just, I won't, I'll interview with you not being on the couch. 
Mm-hmm. You might as well because you're yep. both talking past each other. He's trying to have a conversation with you and you're having a conversation that you've already developed in your head where you have yes. the presumptions, where you have the questions and the answers that you want that you're not having a back and forth. Like he doesn't know how to have a conversation at mm-hmm. all. No, God, no. So just put him put him in a social situation. What what must he be like? In a one-on-one at some soiree. Terrible. This is why he always says that he's terrible at parties and he hates going to dinner with people. And, you know, remember the whole um, conversation in Comedian in Cars getting coffee with Jerry? Yeah. Jerry was studying him like like he was looking at a Picasso painting or something like, I'm not right. sure what I'm looking at. What's or the nose? With what's, right what's, now. what's with the ears? Where is are this they? a conversation? Am I right. having a conversation right now? I'm not sure what this is right? because it's a lot of projection and Howard, he, like even with Robin on the show, mm-hmm. he'll be talking about what he did on vacation or did this weekend or something with Beth or describing something that happened in his life. Robin will I've, try to converse with him about it. And yes. it's immediately like she didn't even say anything. And he keeps right on going. Oh, sure. Why not? Because what she has to say couldn't be that important, right? It's like he's not even hearing her. No, God, no. It's like and it's that tunnel vision towards, you know, from A to B to C. And nothing's going to get in the way of it. So I imagine when he was with Allison, it was much the same. It was just about what the, what I've got to say it matters. And you don't whatever you're saying, I'm not even I'm not even in the room. I mean, I I imagine like Buckwald had when like around his divorce time when he was going out with Ralph a lot probably yeah. had to like tie him in a chair and uh-huh. say you are going to listen to me stop acting like a flaming homo all around town. <laughs> I I wonder that's that those are the those are the meetings I really you know I've talked a lot uh, on the show over the years about how I'd love a book from the the kids for example from their perspective but I would absolutely love and no holds barred truth serum don buckwald tell all about dealing with howard the from an from an agent's perspective from a well, manager's we perspective Johnny, when we got the johnny carson book it was like yeah. a gift from the gods but yes. how long did that take to get that inside baseball about johnny carson and all those decades of time and wow what great anecdotes and insight into oh, so yeah. much and that's what I think Buckwald would be able to provide that I think a lot of people in his life, including his kids, can't. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. And uh, like it's, it's a whole other it's like Belushi. He had, you know, he his manager. He said he famously said to to Bernie Brillstein, he goes, look, from uh, from eight to six, you 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 deal with uh, from eight to six. You take care of John Belushi from six to eight. John Belushi takes care of himself. You know, right. like you don't try to manipulate me. Well, like if I want to do drugs, I'm going to do fucking drugs. And then that's the one time they got he got chastised by Belushi, who then, you know, just immediately said, Dad, don't worry about it. I'll be OK. And um, the, so the 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 stuff Buckwell can only fill in so much for a true tell all. We need Ralph to be on truth right. serum. We need Buckwald. We need Allison. We need the kids. Every single perspective. So that Bushkin book, you're right. Because he spent so much time with them personally and professionally, he was the best person to write that book. And it's better than anything that Howard would write because it's not going to be honest. Like Howard can't even be honest about himself. Even if no. even if you put him on truth serum, he has lied so much and mythologized himself so much to the point that it 
all of it is an unreliable narrator. So you don't right. know. But if you got he, all of those, all of that entire apparatus of people around him to write it, oh, it would be great. Well, it's very possible that because he's done so much revisionism in his own life and in his own head, that if you put him on truth serum, what would come out would literally be the years of bullshit as he believes. Like he, if he suddenly created his own truth and internalized that, all of a sudden that has replaced the actual truth. Yeah, he's and a fabulist. Yeah, yeah, so that's it. So, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, you know, there's there's not going to be a, a lawyer or a manager be able to write the definitive Howard Stern book at this point. If he dies tomorrow and all these things come out and NT goes blind happy with Howard's shit because he can't be sued. You can't get sued by a dead guy. Um, now, the, the kids might, whatever, but I doubt it. I also think it's interesting that since like the last six years or so, they started doing like fact checks on different podcasts. Yep. Like they always fact check Rogan for some reason. I really wish they would start doing that with him. They never do that with him. They need they need like fucking deep blue the computer to deal with all the fucking horse shit. They need, need like terabytes of fucking data to put all the lies in it, you know, snow to do like a yeah. Fact check, I mean, they fact check all these dumb podcasts. And I'm like, why are they fact checking these podcasts? Why aren't they fact checking him if they're doing this? Just the Robin Williams bullshit alone that he got right. so much <laughs> mileage out of in the fucking press that they all swallowed. They all took that dick and they go, yeah, you know, he you know, he he regrets that interview he had with him where he How? called him, you know, the nanny. What bullshit? That's like, seriously, that is just a microcosm of how bad journalism has got that oh, they yeah. are no longer doing research. They just swallow the talking points whole that these people put out. It's insane. Yep. I'm going to take a break and I will sit here and wait and I'll be back with a Howard Stern interview. And then I will interview Richard Lewis with the time left because he has really not allowed me to interview I get him. fab back. Uh, let me tell you oh, something. I, I might get Fabio back. Oh, it's Fabio. Fabio. And uh, we'll be back with Richard Lewis. I'll, I'll try to talk about his sex life, his, his various no. uh, television and film projects. But if he doesn't allow me, I'll, I'll throw him about life. I'll, I'll kick you right off the set. That'll be the end of it. Wow. All right. We'll be back right pump. after these words. What a, what a magnanimous host. Yeah, I love that applause. Here we are on the now. Out. On the way out, it was like literally three people going, I guess we got to make some sounds here. And it's so funny. It's like, uh, we're going to talk about everything my guest doesn't want to talk about. And he's just like, why don't we talk about life? And he's like, I'll kick you off the show. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm here with Richard Lewis. Hi, Howie. Hey, Richard. Richard, of course, is a stand-up comedian who has moved into television and film work. And I had a long discussion with him during the commercials. And uh, we are going to conduct an interview because I felt the first segment went badly. I thought Who was... agrees? <laughs> I am a good judge of this. You're not allowing me to interview you. You are, you are uh, being difficult. Am I correct? Absolutely. What? <laughs> Why are you asking him if you think he's being difficult? <laughs> you need his approval? <laughs> this is so amazing. Who are the producers on this that say, okay, this first thing was a train wreck. We need to start over. This this is honestly like uh, you're stabbing someone. I'm killing you, right? Like, what, tell me how I'm doing. <laughs> and instead of just kind of taking inventory in your own head of saying, this is going bad. I need to switch. I need to pivot. He can't do it. And instead, now he's going to harp on how bad the last thing was and make it even worse. You're going to you're going to have a steaming pile of shit 
and then you're going to sit on it and add another pile on top of it. <laughs> That's right. This is where we should have edited it to. Like, we should have started here, not the first five minutes. He, you're right, though. He is like a fucking 18-wheeler doing a U doing a UE. Oh, it's, it's just so bad. It's like, I don't know, making a really bad piece of art and then saying, this sucks. Instead of erasing, I'm just going to scribble all over it with black crayon. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> you have an interesting career going on. You have an interesting life. You had some ups and downs, and we're going to talk about it. Ups and downs. You've had a few ups and downs. Yeah, no, every, no, you, that, no one has ups and downs in life. Here you are, a guy who became famous. <laughs> and who do you date? You date perfect-looking women. How do you know who? You don't know who's right. Oh, my God, Fillmore. <laughs> yes, like to, instead of announcing, we're going to talk about your life your ups and downs, ask him something. What was the yeah. hardest thing in your life? What is the biggest challenge in your career? How did you decide to get into stand-up? Like something that, that he walks you into the conversation about your life. You don't announce you have this vague, Oh, you've had ups and downs in life. Yeah. That's life. Do you want you want to know who did it perfectly? And, and I love uh, guys. Everybody knows I've, on the show. I've I've talked up Dick Cavett. How much I loved his interviews. Um, but you know who really of of the later generation actually got it right? Bob Costas. That late night interview show he had. And there's certain episodes like there's one where he has Anthony Quinn on, and he asked him about the death of his son. Mm -hmm. Um, and how, you know, like, and, and how he compared it to the film Zorba the Greek, like, did he, did he use that as part of, um, you know, because he talked about the character having lost his son and how did he reconcile that with his own experience, with his own life. And he met, went on this amazing explanation and he was very, you know, thoughtful and said, uh, oh, I, I, I have never, have you seen that? Have you ever seen that? So a dimensional question. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. And he goes, I've uh, never uh, accepted that my, my son has passed away. I just imagine that he's a, an artist living somewhere in San Francisco and that he's creating new whatever. Um, and and uh, apparently uh, someone said that in the – there's a certain cut of the tape where you can actually hear the cameraman crying from the story or at I least like – I have to look that up. I just think that that, of course, that's a great example. But even when he's trying to go into this, like ups and downs of life, then mm -hmm. he just says something totally Vapid. not. Yeah. And all the hot women. I mean, this is like an interview if you were in fourth grade in the back of the school bus. Yes. Like, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's sophomoric. It's not even sophomoric. I'm giving him way too much credit. You're right. Elementary school level at the very least. The very least. Take a look. This is, oh, I'm sorry. This it is Richard Lewis. A lot of times you come alone to movies and I'll show that first. Yeah. That's your and, thing. And there's a reason. Why? What is the reason? Because now I don't like to, I like to, I'd rather be alone to meet new women. Right. To potentially marry rather than bring a, a date look. who won't go further. Let us take a look now at uh, Richard Lewis when he arrived with a date. Now, I want you to carefully watch what this woman looks like. If this isn't better than Cindy Crawford, I don't know what is. Take a look carefully. Now, please rewind that. Wait, rewind that. Rewind that. I got to have that back and I want people to see that again. There is no way in the world. What's wrong with going out with a pretty girl? Uh, if you talk about sexist, well, I, I've never seen you with a woman that looked anything less than that woman. So what?
She kind of looks like a trans Emily Ratajkowski. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. The lip, the lipstick, and the eyebrows are a bad look. But from far further back, she yeah. looked all right. This is a bad. This is a bad grab. But um, like, what's so? What if he's dating hot women? Okay, you're jealous. I'm not sure what the point is. So he, so he does. Who cares? But he did this with everybody back in the '90s, and he still yeah. does. First off, until he got Beth, who's the hottest yeah. woman on earth. Right. Um. He's rich. He's a celebrity. What do you think? He's going to be dating like soccer moms, diner waitresses. I don't get it. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just, anyway, the segues bother me as well. The segues are always just thrown together like, I don't know, paper mache shit. (laughs) Or like, you know, here's, here's a clip of you with a hot girl. So, and yeah, what's the point? Look at you. Oh, and, and she thinks she's there for a uh, a photo shoot. I'm not coming. Who is that girl? That's an old girlfriend. You dated her? Yes. That's an old lover of yours, isn't it? Yes, I dated her. What fucking stupid ass questions are these? Uh, yeah, they are stupid. They're about as retarded as they get. Yes, no, who is that? Is that is that your girlfriend, Noreet? Is that her? I don't mention other people's names. Who is that girl? It's an old girlfriend. Is that a model? I don't know. Is she a model? Four years. How do you meet a girl now. like that? How, How do you meet a girl like that? Tell the guys. Oh, my God. The guys, I really wish you, some of you out there would fucking do your due diligence and, and stop. Like, I don't know why I'm saying this, but uh, like to Patreon fans specifically. But anybody who's watching this, if we have this on YouTube, I'm not sure where it's going to be released. But anybody out there who still thinks he's a good fucking interviewer, well, just look at this. We ought to do it on YouTube because these are the visuals. The visuals, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the bottom line is, yeah, okay, it was different. Yeah, di- yeah. Horrible is different. It is true. Shitty is different than good. Wonderful. Yeah. What's the appeal, though? I don't get it. Trainwreck te- was Trainwreck te- was Trainwreck Television released something like that in the night in the early nineties. I yeah, guess Jerry Springer. Yeah, okay. The day, but even the daytime Trainwreck. Yes. Had a competent host. Like, let's say Maury. Okay. When Maury would do those shows, um, who is the father? Who's, like, father? Like, who's the father? Yeah. Whatever. And they would get trashy. But he was always, you're right, very like straight line host. You can't have a train wreck with a conductor that has no skills whatsoever doing mm-hmm. and conducting the train wreck. It would be like Jeff the drunk conducting Maury. Yes. You can't abso- have it. Absolutely. So the train wreck has to be what's on the TV, like the guest. You have to know how to direct that train. Yes. So the conductor is fucked up. He's in the bag. Right. Yeah. I think I met met her at a concert. You met her at a concert? Yeah, I met met most of my girlfriends after shows. And the girls are at concerts and they see Richard Lewis, who they see on TV, who's a stand-up comedian. You're on Letterman over 50 times. You You never got women like that your whole life. Oh, I know your theory. If I wasn't a comic, I, you know, I'd be, you know, and you, you said I'd be like, whatever. I'd be uh, looking for uh, Inca ruins you would and, be dating, and masturbating you would not, in a cave. No, you would be dating I mean, other women. The theory sucks because I am more, so that's why I went to therapy. Let I me mean, just, this is Go about ahead. 10 seconds. Ahead, How is that? Me. Is that fair? Go ahead. I went to therapy to find out that I'm, I have more likable qualities than just being a celebrity like you. Like, like okay? Do you remember a so time when you were a celebrity? Yes. Do you remember dating? This is interesting. So, he probably had some sort of complex about like 
are people really with me for me or are people with me for my celebrity? Howard mm-hmm. is the opposite. He enjoys that people only like him because he's a celebrity. Like mm-hmm. he enjoys the cachet of that. And that yes. to him, he thinks is a plus up. Like that's something because that's why he always says, oh, you, you know, you weren't that good looking. And now I'll look at all the girls you get because you're a celebrity. Right. Like, do, you wouldn't be getting that if it weren't for the fact that people don't think like you, Howard. They actually mm-hmm. want to be loved for who they are. But Howard is nothing inside. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's a great it's you cannot if you're a little self analytical and I don't mean to get too uh, too Freudian on this one, guys. But if you're if you have the least amount of self analysis possible that you're able to do, you can kind of distance yourself from what you were, what you are, what you're going to be. Howard can't. He doesn't know what the fuck he is at any given time. There's a great anecdote in the Richard Lewis book I mentioned. I don't have it. It's back in Canada. But he, when he was starting out as a comic, one time he was bombing bombing hard and who was in the crowd Jackie Gleason Jackie Gleason went up on stage probably drunk and he grabbed the mic and he goes this is how you do it my boy you know and and he he fucking and the crowd like went nuts and he said I went off and he tried I tried like to you know give and take with him and playing with the mic and all this stuff and he said afterwards he felt really shitty about it even though it was one of his idols and then again when he got older and he got into the like started this is when he was writing the book he realized you know what? I don't blame him anymore because I realized he had the same problem I have now, alcohol. And he couldn't, yeah. you know, he had the presence of mind to understand he was then where I am now. That's interesting. So, so he said, I was, wherever, wherever you are, Jackie, you know, uh, have one for me. You know, I, I don't need it anymore. You can have my drinks for me. But that's that takes somebody to instead of being such ego and so shallow like Howard to be introspective and to see things on a different level because you want to try to see things deeper. You want to try to assess things in a deeper way. That's not this vapid. That's why it took him so long to get the Chevy Chase thing too because he really can't, you know, Bradley Cooper gave a great anecdote too about drinking. Um, I forgot who uh, it was. Uh, somebody who's on Saturday Night Live. I don't know. It was a pod. He was doing a podcast with him, and mm-hmm. he thought he was the funniest guy at this dinner. That fuck this comedian's gonna drive me nuts. Who it is? Um, he's in the Hangover, I think, with him. Anyways, he was having a dinner and Brad Pitt was at the dinner and all these other people and all these other comics. And Bradley thought he was the most hilarious guy. The next day, that comic came over and said, you know, you're a real asshole, man. And it made Bradley quit drinking because he realized this is the drinking. Like, this isn't me. But I am bad on it. There's perception and there's the truth. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because uh, Richard Lewis, like rather than blame himself for that in that, in that particular anecdote, where he he realized rather than wallow in self pity, he realized, no, 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 I, I feel bad. I felt bad for Jackie Gleason now that I think about it, because right. he he was able to empathize and sympathize, empathize and externally. Here's the other part: those two stories, like with Bradley Cooper and Richard Lewis. They don't want to be the perception. They don't want to be 
and they're not worried about how other people perceive them. They want to be actual better people where Howard is so focused on. I want people to perceive me a certain way. That's the most important thing to him. It's not I don't want to be a better person. I want people to perceive me how I want them to. It's such a shallow, empty way to live. So empty. Yeah. And uh, like at the end of the day, like he just went on about Ben, you know, passing away. And now Yoda, like now that Yoda's this, this, this death march, the Yoda march to Patan, (laughs) you know, thing that they're doing with Yoda, you'd never know know that Ben existed. It's uh, that boggled my mind. I go, this is like the queen's funeral for Mm -hmm. a cat. And it's not even dead yet. And Ben, I think they, I think they finally been, put it down recently. I just posted the things on. Right. But I'm saying but prior to that, it really was like this huge, depressing, really um, I, I memorializing lead up to this cat dying. Right. Meanwhile, Ben's been dying all summer. Yeah. And nothing. Not nary a word, nary a post. And nothing. Now you, you, you eulogize him barely. And it's terrible. Yeah. It is. And this is what this is the whole thing. Like he, he we're going to go through it, guys. Raven's got the clips. We're going to break it down. Might have to do one of the breakdowns with Sam just to cover some of the ground because we've got so many clips. Um, and he, you know, he's waxing like he's waxing poetic about the fucking cat that, you know, he had nothing to do with outside of these stupid Instagram videos here and there sporadically that that Beth posts. And, but it- you know, yeah, go ahead. And he doesn't care about the cat. But again, this is this is the perception thing. He wants to be yeah. perceived as an animal lover, yeah. but he doesn't want to be perceived as somebody who had a good relationship with his dad. Yeah. So he has to continue on the lie yes. and and not give a shit about him, which he probably doesn't anyways, or maybe he does. I don't know. But mm-hmm. that's the point is he cares more about being perceived as an animal lover. Yep. Unbelievable. Women, when no, you're so masturbated, you're right. Absolutely right. No. Did you bring it? Did you, were the women even close to that caliber of woman? Not, no. That's, so in no. reality, you don't feel truly loved by these no, women. No, actually, I, when I was very beautiful and when I was very poor, but the truth of the matter is now, and you've mentioned it on your show uh, many times, right. you don't know, well, you're married, you don't have the problem. You right. don't know whether early on whether the woman really wants to be with you because, you know, you're famous. You're upwardly, yeah, right. or not. All right. That is a problem. Though, but right. that, people would admit that. But going. So the. So. Richard Lewis wants somebody to be with him for loving him. Meanwhile, Howard had this and wanted to be with somebody who just loves him for the perception and the celebrity and the money and all these frivolous. That's right. Stupid things. Surface Mm -hmm. level things. That's so insane. Well, yeah, if you think about it, that's a very astute point. I mean, Allison put up with so much and really did for some reason love him. I don't know how you could love this fucking idiot, uh, but she managed to find a way. Uh, and I guess that's the narcissism. Like he charmed her. He put on the charm offensive, whatever. And she thought, yeah, this is all shticky. Really is a great guy, but not realizing until way later. No, he's really a dickhead. He's really a selfish asshole. And this is the tip of the iceberg. You're just seeing the bit. And, you know, she was she was cutesy, but she even, you know, judged herself up later in the 90s and stuff and really, you know, did the Jersey looking housewife thing of the time and was cute. Like you didn't had somebody who was smart, too, Mm -hmm. and good for the show. Their dynamic was good for the show. Oh, I loved when Allison would call in. I I hated her voice, but I love that she took him to task so often. Yeah, me, too. 
perfect dynamic. To this woman here, this woman is uh, five years ago. That, uh, five years ago, there's a woman. This is a model, true. The time? No, she's oh, an actress. Fuck. She was an actress, yeah, and you meet her. I think I haven't seen her in years. And you meet her at a party. No, this was, I believe, at a concert, and I asked her out. Yes. And, and immediately she said, no, no, she had a boy. So first of all, he can't listen. He, he already said, I met her at a concert. So you meet her at a party. So you're not listening to the answers. You don't care about the answers. You don't even care about the questions. It's an old girlfriend, too. So this isn't even a thing anymore. Why are right. we why are we talking about this? This is. So dumb. This is going up to this is going up to the front of the classroom. This is going to the fucking classroom doing a book report. You haven't read the book and all you know is the cover. We got to put him at a 75 for this. Yeah, one. I'm certain. I'm starting to think, yeah, 79 is too high. And, and uh, I didn't. Right. And we became friends, just friends for four years. And then when we both were single, we, uh, we. And when you're with a woman like this, I mean, is it possible to even. Uh, That's like five years after I had met her. Is it possible to satisfy women of this caliber? I, uh, do you, do you, do you explode? Yes. Well, yeah, explode? I mean, it's, it's a whole. Di- it's almost like being with a penthouse. It's like being with a penthouse magazine, isn't it? <laughs> You're being with the magazine. I know you fucked that up. That's funny. Well, uh, not, yeah. Okay. So this is an, again, projection. pure projection. Even though he, he's been married for like a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how he asked these questions about, he must be so bad in bed that he really just can't believe men can satisfy women. Like guys who they don't have to look like an Abercrombie model or Brad Pitt to give you an orgasm. I don't understand what what's wrong with him. Like, does he not understand maybe. this? Well, maybe if he's gay and he wouldn't know how to satisfy a woman, this is right. why this is such a conundrum for him. Yeah, because he can't satisfy Allison. That's why they always had the toys and stuff. Yep, absolutely. I mean, do you sit there and go, my God, I don't believe how just, fantastic this is? Let's try to interpret something. Here's, yeah. what I, here's how I interpret that. Yes. One, you're unbelievably jealous that I'm with a, that yes. I see you with a pretty I woman. I am. I am jealous. Two, you're asking me how it is to be naked and have an orgasm with a beautiful woman because you think you would explode yes. and, and, and I have would, like a premature I ejaculation. Yeah, I would. Am I, yeah, am I interpreting you're, you're absolutely correct. Am I interpreting <laughs> this <laughs> dumbass I'm question properly? That <laughs> That's, it's a dumbass question and he is us if we were sitting on that couch. So let me get this straight. You're projecting everything that you are onto me and yeah. it's dumb. Right. Let me ask myself a question in human language the way someone would ask me if they had half a brain, Howard, and then see if I got that correct. And you tell me if I'm on the right track. Let me not prepare for this interview whatsoever. Yeah. And just spit, spitball. Yep. Did that happen? (laughs) Absolutely. It did. I saw it all the time. Richard Lewis is here. He has a new show coming out on Fox. Daddy dear. You like my hair like this? It's good. No. (laughs) I love the promo. In the interview, wasting time, like telling the obvious. Richard Lewis is here. He has a promo. I know guests do this all the time, but they do this on the way back from a commercial. They do it when they're coming back. We're here with so-and-so. We're talking about da-da-da-da in case you're just tuning in. That makes perfect sense. We haven't gone anywhere. We're still watching it. You don't need to say that now. This is all cutting room floor. This entire interview is one big cutting room floor. (laughs) I don't understand. You you just did a promo and then you saw yourself in the camera and now are adjusting your hair. You went on a break. (laughs) Have you not noticed what you look like? You don't have someone with like hair and makeup with a mirror going up to you, touching you up with a little light, you know, checking to see if your tendrils are placed appropriately. 
I mean, what kind of producer show or whoever is working on this? What kind of fucking hacks are they? I mean, no offense, but I've had people in um, elementary school before you take a school picture that pay attention to more detail to making sure you look halfway decent for your school picture. I mean, I get guys. E was a fledgling network at the time, but for fuck's sake. I mean, this is filmed in L.A. They figure they're hiring people that know what the hell they're doing. I guess not. Or once again. That he had the clout is his show, and they decided, you know what, you let him do whatever he wants. I, and they gave him that autonomy. What? Unbelievable. You, know, when you like play with scissors when you're young and you cut your hair a little. That's what that bang looks like. Like it does. I I accidentally got into my <laughs> my <laughs> my uh, art box and decided to get a little curious. Did you ever just out, TV just, show. just out of curiosity, did you ever cut your sister's hair in some bad way and then your mother came home and just gave you living just gave you hell? No, but I cut off half my eyebrow once when I was wow. like four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why mean, I did that. Oh, you mean you were allowed to use scissors back then? Yes. Yeah. It's a little Don Henley, a little Jay Silver here. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> what I'm going to do is take a break. Richard Lewis is here. How am I doing? Was I better this time? This I was a great segment. But no, no, yeah. was the worst. No, the problem was? Yes. The third one will be better. Right. Your questions sucked. No. Questions I will listen great. better again. All right. If your questions pick up, I think we have a hit. All right, good. Okay, Richard Lewis is here. He- so he might, be, he might be a little tipsy, but he's not completely fucked up. At least he recognizes shit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Look at the movie. He's in a new movie with a Mel Brooks movie. Robin Hood and Men in Tights. Robin Imagine. Hood and Men in Tights. That's right. I'm pretty and, sure. And uh, Don Rickles and Richard oh. Lewis. Oh. I will show a clip of that, but Are we'll be really? back right after these words. All right. Yeah, Robin Hood. Men I remember in that movie. I haven't yeah. seen it so long. Yeah, it's not one of my faves, but it, it did. It did have a bit of an audience. I liked that when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, it was silly. Let's wave a cadaver in front of the fucking screen. (laughs) (laughs) You ever take a doll, like a Ken doll, and just flash it in front of the webcam? That's the same shit. Honestly, between that opening, you put on that HLN channel when it's like, uh, who did I marry? And it's like scary music. And then they just show like random between this could be an opening to some sort of HLN serial killer show. Yeah. Or Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be this happy doing this show. You're having a relaxed, good well, time. The only re- the problem is I get to fly to Costa Rica. It's a long, you know, it's no, a, it's you a are way. you are now enjoying yourself. You're answering my questions, and it'll be a good interview if you follow along. Now we saw- got- check out the fucking crazy eyes on that. Did you see that? Yeah, and the threatening, like, yeah, that's that's really comfortable for a guest. This will be good <laughs> if you follow along. <laughs> If you just, you you know, condescending, talking down to start the segment. Sounds like it's going to go well. (laughs) Right. Let me kick you in the teeth first, and then I'll ask the question. The last segment, the girlfriend that you had five years ago. Yeah. And you told Uh, me during the commercial that you are dating unbelievable girls now. Yeah, very small, very nice, very very, very and nurturing. That's right. She was, too. Everyone, I just Now, what do you make of uh, Jerry Seinfeld? Oh, my God. This is so fucking bad. He can't, he has the same tropes to this day. It always has to be bashing. If I'm losing on the women topic about the hot girls because I can't satisfy women, then I'm going to talk about how ugly you used to be. Then I'm going to talk about how much you hate 
your career. And then I'm yep. going to talk about who do you hate? Because I hate right. this person. You have to hate this person with me. Let's bash them together. That oh, yeah. is all he has. Yeah. And I mean, for the longest time, anytime he had a guest in that was connected to Simon Cowell, he'd have to ask a Simon Cowell question, even though it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary, like completely unnecessary. But he was digging for an excuse to hate together with the guy. If they Same said if they if they signed on and said, yeah, I fucking hated Simon. He was a dick. He treated me like shit. Yeah. You know, he treated me like shit, too, because that's all he was looking for. Oh, he's such a pathetic. And by the way, if. That segment, the second one, yeah. was not going that great. But, you know, Richard said, oh, yeah, I think it'll get better in the third one. He right. starts off the third one talking about the same topic. It, hot, exactly. Hot girls. Yeah, we get but, it. We got is, it. Is it like that? Uh, is it like that? Do you remember? I don't know if you saw the episode, but in Three's Company, one time his dad was interrupting him, whatever. And like I, I can't remember exactly how it went, but he was on the sofa. And he'd, <laughs> he goes, uh, Darlene, you're the you're, you're such an incredible person. And uh, if I ever lost you again, uh, if I ever lost you again, I and then he got interrupted. <laughs> and then when <laughs> the, mm -hmm. the dad goes out of the frame, she says, now, Jack, what were you saying? Uh, uh, I say, Darlene, you're the only one in my life. <laughs> and if I ever lost you again, <laughs> this is kind of what he's doing in order to connect himself to whatever question, even though he's got a piece of paper, he should be able to look at it and go, this is the next one. Why do you have to bring up what you just brought up that you've buried? I don't, I don't know. What's the thought process? Is there a thought? That's my question. No, no. He, but I don't think, I think it's because he really can't think on the fly. So in order to get something started, he has to go back to the first thing to try to get to the next thing. So he doesn't have OCD, but do you think as a kid he had also uh, ADHD? Whatever they would call ADHD now, and that why that's why he was such a shitty student because he couldn't focus on anything. Because that's one of the main problems he's got for sure. In yeah, I do. To focus on himself. I do. I think it's the narcissism. Yeah, it's 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 such a focus on his own needs. Like, are my needs being met at all yeah. times of the day? That right. But that also, he doesn't want to be paying attention and focusing on anything else. Yes. So. That takes a lot of energy from him. That's why when he's always saying he's tired, mm -hmm. it's because if he does one thing outside of, of satisfying his needs, mm -hmm. it really drains him and he can't do it. He doesn't want Man. to be bothered. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Dating a 17-year-old. What do you think of that? I don't know. I, I, I heard what you said. I heard what he said. I don't know. I don't think. I think she's 19. I, don't, I think he said it's not his girlfriend. Well, he says he's going out with her, doesn't he? So what? You think, would you date a 17-year-old? Is she 17? Yeah, would you date I 17? probably wouldn't. You I would not. I draw the line. I've been actually struggling now. I draw no. the line now at anywhere between 22 and 23. So uh, comics, that's good. That's a good age. Uh, comics, no, Jerry they're Seinfeld, women. you have a lot they're of- They're out of college already. Com rating comedians now. Jerry Seinfeld, you have a lot of, um, you have a lot of feeling for, you feel he's good. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you think he's a oh top we're now we're doing the top 10 oh, yeah, Give me a top 10. <laughs> top 10 comics. Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, I, good? I don't know the top 10. Who is better, Jay Leno or uh, David Letterman? Better? Who is better? Again. Man, I forgot. I forgot to mention this. He's the other thing that Howard does all the time in his interviews. Rate this. Rate yeah. that. So yeah. now we're doing a rating. Guys. Oh, it's yeah. It's just really it's no different when you're kids. Who's your you know, which which Transformers better? I like Optimus Prime better. No, no, no. Megatron's better. Fuck that. Soundwave is my Soundwave. Is, Bumblebee's the shit. This is on a level of a, of a fucking 10 year old. Yeah, this is TRL. 
totally different. <laughs> who is a better host of a show? Who will win in the ratings? Win in the ratings? Yeah. That's a good question. Yes. I, now I don't know. I thought initially that it was going to be Letterman because he had the ten-year, you know, right. race. It's hard to it's hard to know. That Tonight Show slot because I, it's a tough. It's a, do you do the Tonight Show? Yeah, I do. I you do. are a guest on the Tonight I'm Show. I'm a Letterman. And Letterman, Letterman will Letterman will say to you, for fuck's sake, let him answer a fucking question before you go on this hammering. Are you on the show? Do you go do the show? What do you think about this? Oh my god. god. I think it must have been more comfortable in Guantanamo. <laughs> well, like imagine this as. I mean, I like uh, maybe he's calmed down like in his in his older age. But when he's with celebs, I imagine him doing this, like interrogating, not asking uh, questions in normal conversation. Ah, uh, Dick Cheney had a nicer torture program. <laughs> <laughs> Some point now that he's moving to 1130. I'm too old to care about this stuff. No, I'm you, you have a problem on your hands. You like Jay Leno, I have no you? problem on my hands. I just want to be alive. No, you have a problem. No, I don't. Career-wise, you're going to be forced to make I a decision. I want to have a, a wife and a child. You think I care about oh, that? Oh, you want to have a wife and child. Right, I want and people will that interfere with your dating? Oh, like, my God. I he just says you want you want to have a child, and in the middle of him talking, he literally cut him right off with another question. He didn't even breathe. <laughs> I, I do, Richard Lewis. This is like verbal waterboarding. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Dick Cheney. I would rather go hunting with Dick Cheney <laughs> and hand him a Thompson submachine gun. <laughs> and then you have rather to apologize if you got shot. <laughs> <laughs> what a reference. I fucking forgot about that. Oh, God, I never forgot about that. I thought, did you bring home a pheasant? No, I got a piece of the sender's ear. That. My favorite was he didn't say a fucking thing about it. And that no. guy did a press conference apologizing. Apologizing, yeah. Yeah, it's like Canadians apologizing for putting their trunk in, in the, putting their hand yeah. in the trunk of your car as you slam uh -huh. it on their hand. Uh -huh. Sorry, man, my hand shouldn't have been there. The wife and child. <laughs> let me tell you how funny that is. Right, right, that's very funny. That, that, okay. that, let me tell you how funny that All is. Right. No, I just no, no, took be a, honest with me. My colon almost exploded from there. <laughs> Jay Leno will no, come no, to Leno you and say. No, no, Leno is my first guy because he was the guy who, who resurrected my stand-up career. But I, you know. We we went from rate the comics, then tell me, have you been on the late night show? Who's the best late night host? Who's going to win? Do you want to have a family? Do you want to have a wife? I want to have a wife. Now we're back. What about, to Se what about Seinfeld and his 17 year old? 17. Girlfriend? Do, you, yeah. do you date 17, 23? You want to have kids? Who's the best right. late night? Oh, what do you think? <laughs> it's that scene in fucking Uncle Buck with Colleen McCulkin interrogating Uncle Buck. It is totally that. Holy crap. Yeah. No, David I, Letterman put you on first. He thought of you enough to put you no, on. I did you a tonight show way before he, Dave had his show. Oh, I'm just did. saying Letterman. It was was I've done more I've done fifty I have shows. Done, I, fifty show, I have done less than that. I've done nineteen Letterman appearances. The point is Letterman. And I have been told on occasion that when Letterman competes with somebody, he yeah. does not want you appearing on the Tonight Show. I've never. He's never told but me that. It will happen. And where will you appear? I'm you will not too appear, sure to care about that. You stuff. will appear on the Letterman Show. Am I correct? I just did it last night. Right, and you will stop well, doing the Tonight Show, huh? If Jay calls, you'll have no, to stop. I'll do the Tonight Show. I don't even know that that's true. I do know that when Helen Kushnick was still managing Jay Leno, she was strong-arming people. Uh, it's documented in the Late Shift. Um, the uh, she would blackball people from the Tonight Show, unbeknownst to Jay. Yeah, she like was she running did, it totally unprofessionally. Unprofessionally, yeah. And, and once he found out, it was like, you're going to lose your fucking job unless you kick her to the curb. And if Jay was smart and said, uh, no, I work too hard for this to fucking lose to some lunatic who's got vendettas against everybody and thinks she's Johnny Carson. Uh, yeah, she who, really, you know, she, who, who she did was, 
ban people. She abused her power and she thought too much of her power. Yes. And she didn't realize she wasn't. She she still wasn't. She had people to answer to. She just didn't want to face it. I don't both. do a lot, though. I don't like to do too many. All right. You, and I do, because I'm scared that you might murder me if I don't do this. No, no. You don't <laughs> you mind doing. Now you are uh, embarking on a few things, but first of all, let's go back Chevy a couple Chase of Chevy Chase has a show. What do you think of that? Chevy Chase has a show. It will bomb. It will bomb. Will it not? A, I have no you idea. You don't find Chevy funny. You've told me that off the air. Oh, that's not true at all. He's not a funny I've guy. I've never said that to you. have never I've said never that? discussed it. No. I, but I, I've never seen him as a host either. You think he's I'm a funny fine. man? Huh? You think Wait. he's funny? I so he said, so we threw him under the bus like an mm -hmm. asshole. Yes. But then he goes, I've never said that. And he goes, you've never said that. And then did, so again, it's like projection because Howard wants him to say that. Absolutely. I would just say, what kind of bullshit are you pulling right now? You don't well, even know yeah. what you're saying. Well, that's it. And the thing is, he had still had that. This was way into the feud with uh, Chevy. And yes, the Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase show was horrendous, guys. There's no there's no two ways about it. And he did fail. But Richard Lewis is not going to be the kind of person to throw other comedians under the bus. There seems to be a kind of code, especially back then, where even if you didn't like the person, you weren't going to necessarily trash them. Well, that was kind of show business um, before it became. I mean, there was ways to trash people. Yeah. through the press without mm -hmm. letting them know it was you like leaking stuff yeah. or, or maybe just there was ways to get around it just and play the media game when people weren't such narcissists all over social media yeah who now openly feud all the time for cloud or to get press because now it's like a thing like feuding in the media does get you attention but back then, there was more of a code, you're right, where that just didn't happen. <laughs> I love by the Burt Reynolds story about Betty Davis where he went to a party and she said, I'm going to be late. You go without me. I'll be there later. And he was talking to Arthur Knight, the guy who wrote Sex and Cinema for Playboy magazine. And as she came in and that day, Joan Crawford passed away. And they famously hated each other. It was like it was a notorious thing. And it's a story that's fascinating. I'm sure that there was a TV. Was it a TV movie that was released not long ago about it? Yeah, it was um, it was really good. It was on Netflix. Um, fuck, uh, I'm not gonna remember the name of the show, but it was um, they were really good actresses in it. Fuck, I don't, I don't know. Keep I going. don't remember. It, it got quite good reviews. I will say it that. It did. At any rate, so she comes in, and the first thing she says is, "Well, the cunt died today." <laughs> and then goes, uh, Betty, I don't know if you know this. This is uh, Arthur Knight. He, he, uh, he, you know, writes for Playboy, Sex and Cinema. And she pauses for a second and she goes, but she was always on time. <laughs> <laughs> I love those, those old Hollywood stories. It, then fast forward to like the early aughts. I remember it was like in the media, it was like, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, and yeah. Hillary Duff, like they would feud. And so they would always, it would be TMZ, and they'd, be, they'd say something like, hey, did Paris throw a drink at you or something? And she'd be like, Paris is a cunt. And then two seconds yeah. later, they'd be like, did you just call Paris a cunt? She'd be like, I didn't say that. I love Paris. Like they would, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I didn't say that. I love her. Right. The fire crotch. They would say, I don't know, when they were walking down the street trashed after our club. He goes, Lindsay Lohan is a fire crotch. Right. Meanwhile, Britney's once they got that fucking picture of her, they looked like oh. uh, it looked it didn't. It was not it was not attractive, guys. Sorry. Um, 
the uh, and I remember that that one picture of the three like Paris and 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 mm-hmm. Lindsay and they call it the three snatchketeers. <laughs> 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 I love that caption. I think he was oh, terrific. I said, "Night, but as a host, I, I can't wait to see what." You happens. will not do his show. And why don't you admit it? This is unbelievable. All right, you made, you made them save him. Can huh? you do the Arsenio Hall show? No, why I'm, not? Because Dave told you not to. Is that correct? No, my Answer old the man. question. Answer the question. Look at you. Look do you do the oh, Shut up. Oh, Oh, God, he's so fucking insufferably awful. Yeah, I, All right, here we go. Now, let's... Uh, I spoke to Arsenio about it. You did? Yeah, I said I'm a Letterman guy. And what did he and say? I said, I, occasionally I do Johnny and then Jay, because I, I like to keep things like, you know, and you, because I thought you would murder me, and he understood. Right, okay, and he understood that. Yeah, okay. And Chevy, I'm not friends, so I haven't had the discussion. But what, else, what other shows are left? All right, that's and it. I like- okay, so I don't hear Arsenio telling people not to go on the Howard Stern show. But no. now Richard Lewis is he had a bad performance on our on Arsenio. Right. And he was jealous because of the Fox pilot that Howard did. He lost. Yeah. Howard did. Yep. And Arsenio was doing well and mm-hmm. got the show. OK. Yeah. So for no reason whatsoever, Howard's being a dick to Arsenio. And now Richard Lewis is afraid Howard's going to verbally murder him or murder him in general. So he's not going on Arsenio. So he remember how we said, I will never take jobs away from people. I'll never do this. This is a perfect example of being a hypocrite. You are you are forcing people as as best as you can not to go on other people's shows. That's Mm -hmm. shitty. That's exactly what you said you didn't do. Well, he got pissed off at Letterman one time, one appearance. I don't remember exactly. It might have been 95. It might have been 96, maybe even a little later. I can't remember. But it was definitely mid-90s. And he said, what are you doing with Imus on your show? I thought I was your bitch. And then he's like, and Delaware's like, I'm going to have whoever the fuck I want on, dickhead. And then he wouldn't go back on Letterman for quite a few years, I believe. And then he did go back on, obviously, because, well, he has he, he's never going to say no to Letterman. Um, I think Letterman wouldn't have him on. I think he was probably like, fuck you. Don't come back. No, no, no. He definitely went back on because then he got on serious and he realized I need more reach. Yes. Oh, no, I know he went back. But what I'm saying was there was a gap between appearances, a a major gap that I'm sure Letterman said, why don't you fucking stew on this for a while while I have Imus on another bunch of times? Right. Exactly. And he had Opie and Anthony on. Remember Letterman did? Yep. And that and that really. And then he did. Anthony did a Howard Stern impression on the show. We should cover that one time when we do the ONA stuff. We'll get to that with. Is it still available on YouTube? Oh, yeah. Okay. And so that pissed him off. So that was another reason for the gap. But then Howard realized, oh, after They're the boom of the series, then yep. it kind of tapered off. And then he realized, I need exposure. Yeah. He needed Letterman more than Letterman needed him, especially. And Letterman you know, always later knew on. that. Yeah, absolutely. TV will always trump radio or podcast, as the case may be. Sonia. Sonia Live is very nice. And Larry King, I know you have a war. So talk to me about this early career of yours. You start out at what age of being a stand-up comic? Well, your segues, by the way, they're like bullets that go right into your heart. What age do we start talking about being a stand-up comic? (laughs) This is a question for college kids or for me. What age? Give me me career guide. How old were we when we started? Hello, were we? <laughs> I love him for nailing that. He does that so many times. It's not as often recently, but he has. Uh, he he asked Kate Kate Hudson one time. So who are we dating now? Do we do we like him? We. It's so creepy, and 
he's right. Your segues are literally um, the magic bullet that just blew JFK's brains all over the convertible. And we're going to keep driving like that didn't happen. Right. Well, I mean, he, it like um, I'm trying to think of an, another analogy in terms of where like um, who is this quick cute. on the. Like, you, do you know who does this? Gays do this. Gays do. Well, where are we going tonight? Like Andy Cohen. I was going to say Joan stuff. Rivers might say it like a woman might say it. Yes. Andy Cohen on Watch What Happens Live does that. Like, so what are we wearing? Like, okay, so, there, so there you go. Case case closed. <laughs> I mean, how many more proofs? We should just have a whole cut up of clips of us. Like, just here's the big proof. Yeah, guys, here you go. Thousand hours of examples. Right. Send it to the Rainbow Coalition. How old were you when you started thinking about being a stand up comic? First of all, you need a prompt and you need a cue card. How old were you when you started? I started about 24. Oh, when I started thinking about it? Yeah. Oh, in college, but I didn't have enough guts to do it. You want to be a stand-up comic. At 24, you go up on the stage, and you see you have some kind of talent for this. Yeah, and Noel Hellman and and, uh, David Brennan was like my best. He's, well, you know. And you start to work out, out. and you really are not doing well in the early uh, Well, there's 15 of us, and I was a regular at the improv, which at the time was a big deal. But but evidently, you ran out of money, true? Uh, Yeah, everybody starts off on their first day of comedy doing amazing they knock it out of the park and they're immediately successful you dipshit imagine a version of this is this is your life only the only thing the guy talks about is the time you had a flat tire the time you had root canal got your wisdom teeth out uh you broke your dick fucking this chick who was on top of you Uh, every (laughs) negative thing in your you know what i'm saying like every negative aspect you lost your job you got caught you know with your hand in the garbage disposal like every negative thing about your life just I as a it. point of like, what this is demented. I, this is your life. Yeah, this is your you, shitty Howard? life. <laughs> you you started off at King Schmaltz Bagel Radio. How how was that? Were you yeah. a big success? Right. God, that was that was the, some of the most excruciating radio <laughs> I ever had to cut with you guys. That like that uh-huh. listening to that. I remember you with your mouth open half the time, going, "This this is this has got to be a bit right. Like this has to be put on." I was in shock. Yeah. <laughs> Because you went to David Brenner and you asked him for a loan. David Brenner was a successful comic. Yeah, and you went and I to was him. broke. I asked him for some money. Why so were you broke? You come job. from a wealthy family. Do you not? I don't want to ask for money. I, I, you have to be on your own after a while. You didn't want to ask your parents for money? No, they sent me to college. That was funny. And after college, you felt, hey, I can't ask my parents for money. So you asked David Brenner for to. money? A perfect have. stranger, you asked David Brenner for money. What's the perfect stranger? He was a best friend. How did you ask to David do Brenner? research, do research. You went to David Brenner and said, listen, I'm going to get out of the business. No, no, I said he's... Okay, I've talked about this before on the show because when Brenner, Brenner passed away, I think we I mentioned it. He, um, They were friends, they were doing comedy, and he said, look, I'm doing all these other gigs. Like, I'm working two jobs. I, and then I'm doing comedy. I don't have enough time to focus on comedy. And then Brenner literally asked him, how, how much would you need to just focus on comedy? He said, maybe if I had a thousand bucks for like a few months rent, I could do it. And he wrote him a check right then and there. He goes, here, you're a comedian. Never asked for it back. But that's my point is it's not him panhandling to Brenner. That's it's, right. It's like Rogan, when he is a generous friend and he wants to uplift his friends, he helps them out all the time. Jay Leno did it for his writers during the strike. George Clooney gave a million bucks to every one of his, his friends growing up. Right. Like not everybody's like you, Howard, when they become big and successful, they spread it around so that their friends can also 
live their dreams. Yeah, or get ahead a little bit somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then the the projection about keeping somebody from getting work, like uh, keeping someone from doing a gig or threatening them with it. That's exactly what he has done and is doing constantly, if he can. And then the um, the fact that he's embarrassing him, like it's a bad thing that the successful guy, you have to talk about how he asked Brett, like he, what did he strong arm him in a robbery? That's the right. way he's making he rolled it him. sound. He wants him to, he wants this story to seem like he's such a piece of shit. I mean, there's no other way to explain how this question is going. Right. Why do you want to paint him in a way that this actually isn't? Well, the and the other thing is, it doesn't work for an, on a number of levels because Brenner was documented as helping being a very much a mensch to up and coming comics. He was very mentor like and helped a lot of people, not just with money, but also having having like seminars and writing writing sessions and like how you can improve your jokes and stuff like that, and then helping them with their stagecraft. Which is generous and wonderful. I just think, too, that this conversation about money, which he is so uncomfortable with having after, you know, he stopped making $28,000 a year. You never hear about his contract negotiations, his dollar amounts, but he is always talking about money with people. And I don't know. I just thought it was something that you learn when you're little and socializing. You never ask somebody what they make. It's very you gauche. Never, it's, you never it's talk totally about inappropriate. money. You, you don't ask about age. Like, like it's, a, it's, it's etiquette. I have to teach my students yeah, this. Yeah, You don't ask about age. You don't ask, uh, do you have kids? Um, I mean, although it's like to a couple that's been married a long time because you don't know they may not be able to. It's a, it's a sensitive question for some. So you learn not to ask these. Do you have any children? Um, you know, how old are you? Um, you know, how much money you make? These are questions that, you know, for guys, we don't care. But for women, it might be a more sensitive topic. And but either way, money is the one question you absolutely don't talk to people about. And even amongst friends, I don't ask how they're doing. I mean, I ask how they're doing, but I don't go, listen, what was your last fucking income tax statement like? Right. Like my um, my girlfriend just uh, my best friend just changed jobs. And I was asking her about the job, but I wouldn't say, hey, how much a bump and pay is it or something like, you know, I don't unless <laughs> they want to so unless they want to give me this information right. themselves. That's the, that's one thing. But I'm not going to. And right. he's doing this on a television show. Right. Unless it's like something like a, if it's a Jim Carrey situation where they get press release, he got 20 million for doing such a film. Well, then obviously you can talk about it because it's a story. But yeah. Yes. You know, yes. That's out My, there. My um, one of my one of my really good friends who I work with, her husband's uncle, who they he was the only relative, died. They had no idea. They left him two million dollars. So they were like, holy shit. So she told me that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if she didn't say the amount, I wasn't going to be like, how much? How much did he leave you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, that well, it's it's just fucking tacky at the very least. And we, we, yes, we know, guys, Howard Stern's never been uh, the arbiter of fucking good taste. But still, Mm-mm. I said, I want to be a comic full time. I want to quit these day gigs. Right. He said, what do you need? I said, I, if you gave me a thousand bucks, I think I could probably quit my job. And he gave me a thousand bucks. That is unbelievable. And back then was unbelievable. That's a lot of money. A thousand to bucks so back then is like asking for tennis. Yeah, why should he care whether you keep your career? Because or not? you want to know the word? Right. Just read my lips. Friendship. Right. It's a hard work. Yeah. I would not lend you a thousand dollars. And believe no me, I'm shit. 
<laughs> That's funny. I wouldn't ask you. I wouldn't lend you somebody. He goes, believe me, I wouldn't ask you for a fucking dime as if they don't know. Did you oh. have, an, have a chance to um, listen to the Pat Cooper thing I just released? The Pat Cooper reading, interpretive reading no. of his book? There's a, you go through it. It's worth it. I, I don't normally do this, but guys, we weren't going to be able to crowbar the Pat Cooper section in a, an episode unless we did Pat Cooper stuff. And we may eventually at one point. But it, he oh, says yeah. he men- he makes it a part of the mention. He goes, I never got paid to do Howard and I never asked. But he said, that's OK. He never paid anybody. And that's he said, it, and one of the lines was, if he could get you for nothing, he would. And this is exactly why you're getting this response in this face from Richard Lewis right now. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. <laughs> but you did not go to you your parents. You know what I asked you? Asking you for dumb, like asking that to Godfather. And, and then you pride yourself on this psychoanalysis, right? I pride myself? Yes, psychoanalysis. Wanna, can I get you a book of verbs? What do you mean I pride myself? I've been you, in it. You, you, you make a, a big deal about the fact that you're in psychiatry. You, I don't make a big deal about it. You like the idea that I don't going like, to a psychiatry. I wish I was out of it. I only you have maybe so many once. problems that you need a psychiatrist. Oh. Now, here's, now th- this is where he starts to sound like Ray. Ray was be the kind of person. So what are you going to a psychiatrist for? And this is before Howard started going to see one as himself. But it's amazing that even this early, he is going down that road asking about psychiatry. This is a torture program. Yeah, it is. And this is also something most people don't want to talk about, although I'll give credit to like, again, Dick Cavett. He had Dick Van Dyke on and he'd asked him about his alcoholism. And then he also had uh, Richard Burton on to talk about alcoholism, and they were very frank about what they believed. Now, Dick Van Dyke's segment's a little dated, and there's been more research, and some of what he says about alcoholism is not true. But um, he, at the very least, was uh, like trying to be a positive force for people with that that problem. Uh, that's fine. Like some people are willing to go down that, but analysis is more personal than right. someone's addiction that might even be public. And I think, too, like, if you think about um, things that we know now mm-hmm. about mental health and addiction yes. that we didn't know then, I think that it's changed. So even a, even some mental problems or whatever, like people just medicine adapts over yes. time. And, and, psych- and, and psychology and psychiatry, adapts as well. Yeah, yeah. As, as for sure. For sure. Because ge- being gay was considered a psychological problem. Remember? Right. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a way to put off uh, adulthood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Taking it up the ass is preferable to growing up. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is that correct? That is not correct. Where are my ink blots? Give me my ink blots quickly. Oh, here they are. Let oh. me ask you something. What do you see? I'm curious about you psychologically. What do you see? Just set up the joke. What do you see when you see this? Really <laughs> it does because he's like, where's, where's my apple? Someone get me my apple. It's right next to you, fuckhead. Remember when I just made the analogy about a piece of art? Yes. And then just instead of erasing it and trying again, you just throw black crayon all over it. This interview is a giant scribble. It is brutal. I can't believe this is happening right now. Right. How many times how many times you give crayons and paper to the kids and say, draw something. And the one kid goes, finished. (laughs) It just scribbles a bunch of shit. You, and you, you, thought, you know, you you verbally tortured him in this interview, and now yeah. you think it's a good time to bring out this gimmick. Yes. Oh. oh. Yep. I what, tell quickly, you. what comes to mind when huh? you see this? What is it? What comes to mind? <sighs> no children or marriage. No children or marriage. This is uh, Cher's pap smear. That's what that is. <laughs> All right. Now. On the back is some gag. 
And that he was, I, 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 I'm almost certain he was reading that on the back is some kind of like Jackie joke or something. Oh, very good. And that's, that's why it came off so wooden and so out of nowhere because it was like how, Howard's not even looking at them. He's looking at, he's seeing what's behind them. Oh, and it's a vagina joke with pap smear. He's not right. writing that. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeast infection. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a Rosie O'Donnell's he, yeast infection. He probably threw up a little in his mouth saying pap smear. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Hold on. I take a breath from that. Do another one here. What what do you think of when you see this? I see the logo of me. No, most people don't even know what this is because nobody watches this channel. That's the problem. (laughs) That's not true. And what about this? What do you see when you see this? I see see two lesbian poodles. Two lesbian poodles. This is Jerry Seinfeld and his girlfriend celebrating their high school graduation together. (laughs) (laughs) It's unbelievable. Richard Lewis is here. He is promoting a movie. That That made no sense. She was in high school. Jerry wasn't. (sighs) Why am I, why am I right. he, <laughs> he, he, his eyes are all over the place. He probably read it wrong or he's too, he's too bored to read it right. <laughs> it's like, remember there's Lego, right? But before Lego, there's those Duplo blocks that are like five times the size. <laughs> yeah. That's what the lettering needs to be for him needs to read to it. needs to be Duplo box lettering. <laughs> Not we'll more. I'm here for you. You're also promoting this TV show. That I have my own with... show, Daddy Dearest on Fox. With Don Rickles. Yeah, he's my father. All right, we'll talk about that in We're a minute. We're not going to talk about it. You're lying to me. That's no, what I'm thinking. we're going to get that. to it. And the movie opens in July. All right. No, uh, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Time. God. Yes. And, uh... I know why I'm saying it. I'm... <laughs> We're going to get to it. He's like the Maricopa County of interviews. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the results eventually. <laughs> Anti-plug. I want to talk about real things, but you're going to forget... Because you're going to nail me by No, no, no. We're going to go through your life. You're going to edit it out anyway. No, I'm not. I'm a jerk. Uh-huh. I'm even trying. I would never do it. We'll be back right after these words on the Howard Stern. It's a great show. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? This is called Daddy Deer. So oh, they, the I don't want to show a clip. We don't Why? have to. All right, let me take a look at the clip of this. You <laughs> brother, I'm an under- <laughs> What? It's suddenly like, was there an eclipse in the studio and he had to get protection on? Why? Would you have to put sunglasses on to watch a clip? <sighs> Is this in 3D? I have no idea. Grateful parasite. Hey, get out. Dr. Mitchell, he's not in the group. Dad, I am in the middle of a session. What? You mean you're not waiting for Jack Nicholson and a big tall Indian? <laughs> I'm sorry, Dr. Mitchell. I was on the phone. He just ran right by me. So did the allies. There he is. <laughs> oh God, rest your soul. Well done. God bless. I miss. I miss freedom of speech and comedy. Oh. Holy shit! By the way, speaking of comedy, did you hear that the writers on SNL boycotted writing this yeah. week because Chappelle's going to be on it for the trans community? I just saw the headline, but I didn't get a chance to read. I think it was in the New York Post. I got the headline on my my phone. So Chappelle always does SNL after an election, and he is going to be on this week for Saturday Night Live. They probably won't even have the whole results by then, right? <laughs> Seeing how it's going, but anyway, so Chappelle is going to be on, and the writers all boycotted writing for the show. The stars didn't boycott, but the writers boycotted. Oh, for fuck's sake! 
yeah, I'm sure. Community. I'm sure. I'm sure. Lor- so fucking brave. Yeah, I'm sure. Lauren's gonna be like, uh, guys, you understand that none of you are famous, and we can fire you all and get new writers overnight. The oh, way this is going. Please, the civil rights division will be all, it, the the funniest part is if that happened, the ACLU, who used to be for freedom of speech, would be there sticking up for the fucking babies in that writing room. Well, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't the show improve if they lost their writers? Let's be honest. They'll lose them all. Yeah, no, the thing the thing I remember specifically, <laughs> Don, Dick, Don Rickles did an interview with Larry King on the Hulu show that he did. And uh, he was asking him about his service in World War II. And he goes, did you shoot at the Japanese? No, I shot at our own men to relax. (laughs) (laughs) And the studio goes nuts. (laughs) John Rickles in a friendly fire joke. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's still the same. That's the same clip where he goes, I'm going to name you some people. I'm going to name some people. Give me your thoughts. And then he goes, he goes, uh, Justin Bieber. And then Don just stares at him. He doesn't say anything. <laughs> Larry loses it. It's a great clip, guys. It's worth it's definitely worth it. Oh, watching. that allies joke was fantastic. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yes, that's Don the, the legendary Don Rickle. Tell me that. Real? He's great. And are there good looking girls on this show? Every week, believe me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, if he had the Pope, if you had Pope John Paul in the studio, he'd be going, Are there any hot chicks at the Vatican? That's pretty much what he'd crowbar in. No, we have a lot of paraplegics yeah, <laughs> and fucking <cripples>. one-eyed <laughs> cancer patients. Like, what? Yeah. What do you? What do you think? This is actresses. Yeah, Hollywood. My wife leaves me, and his wife leaves him, so I live with him. So you can very date. traditional sitcom, and you can date, but very funny, huh? And you will have different girls that you date on the show. <sighs> I think so. No, we go to Appalachia. <laughs> we have a lot of. <laughs> We pick pumpkins. Yeah. A lot of toothless <laughs> meth addicts. Yeah. Who is your present girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. Right now you are single. That's why I only, yeah. I'm you single. Have, I'm you dating. have no girlfriend. You are dating. Oh, yeah. Okay, let me try to do this in Howard style. So, are you dating anyone? No, I'm not. You are single. Uh, yes, I am. So, you don't, you're not seeing anyone. How many different ways can you say the same fucking question, shithead? So, there's a hot girl on the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there isn't. So there's an attractive woman on the show. No, there isn't, Howard. How so hot? there's someone someone who's stunningly gorgeous on the show. No, I'm afraid not. Uh are there is there someone of you know that's uh uh whose whose looks are anyway. I I, Wait, I, I, feel, I don't know where I'm going. With this. Uh, can can you tell me what this inkblot looks like? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a hot chick. Um like let's let's do let's do whatever we can to hide the fact that Richard just called me a homo thirty and twenty minutes ago. <laughs> And says again. Says this you know what? I'll double terrible. down. I'll I'll double down and ask about hot chicks as if Don't they pivot. come. Out. Yeah, exactly. Interesting celebrities that you might be dating. No, no one of no one of Tony Katane, Demi Moore. Well, she's married. Tony Katane, are you dating her? God, no, you're not. I'll get a list down. <laughs> I see. Get a list down. All right, but and, you uh, would probably be very envious and probably do one of those explosion riffs again. And Mel Brooks, you were with. <laughs> The movie. Yeah, and he I, was good. He's he was, funny he was, again. I think this is <laughs> what a fucking jerk off. I guarantee I tell you what happened. He probably got told in the break, you're doing the crazy eyes thing and, and the crazy eyes thing again, and he put on the sunglasses for that purpose. There's no well, other he, reason to put that on. He was starting to do it and yeah. this is going down and now he's insecure about it. So yeah. And I bet no, you he's Ralph... the same questions again about dating and hot girls. And he can't he can't once he's so focused on himself and how he looks, 
he really can interview then. And have you seen like I'd look through the Getty searches and not just Getty, but other like uh, wire image and stuff. Have you seen, do you know how many pictures there are of him going through an airport with Ralph in I tow? Know. So Ralph was with him most likely on every one of these fucking trips to L.A. because he didn't want Bowie going and then, you know, falling asleep in the first class section, uh, you know, waking up for orange juice. And um, I'm sure it was Ralph off off state, like, yeah, you know, Gary's offset also going, not like, giving him blowjobs either. <laughs> no, he isn't. And so Ralph probably said, you know what? How are your eyes? You're floating again. You got to put those sunglasses on. OK, thank you, Ralph. Thank you. You've done your job. Harkens back to Blazing Saddles. I hope for him, and I hope for, it's a great cast. And you're paid a lot of money to be Harry in a Mel Brooks movie, or do you Roger volunteer Reese. to be in it? Tracy Ullman, she's brilliant. Oh, money. Hot chicks. Money. You're a failure. Money. No, Hot movies chicks. don't pay a lot of money. No, of course not. I, it's I like it, a teacher's salary. Yeah. <laughs> what happens when Mel Brooks approaches you to do a movie? Are you in a negotiation? I said yes immediately. You said yes, and what about payment? Do you uh, negotiate for, with him? For, 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 for an what idol? about no. payment? <sighs> What about payment? It, it was it was all fifties in a burlap sack. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> These two guys came with a guitar case loaded with hundreds <laughs> <laughs> and dropped it off my door. It was in a briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> my feet were in cement and these guys said, oh. you're going to sign, aren't you, sir? I got paid, but I mean, it was like a dream come true for me. Quite he frankly. called you and asked you to be in this movie? Yes. Did you have to audition? No. You did not. You know Mel Brooks. Well, if he called you, then you don't have to audition. He called him. He wanted him in the fucking movie. What kind of a, what kind of a 79 asked that question? But then he just said no. Uh, and then he goes, you did not. And now he's, do you not hear him? Like, yeah. I want, do you not fucking hear what he's saying to you? Because no. you're asking the same question in a different way, and it's going to be the same answer. Right. Unbelievable. That well. Well, maybe he knows me that He knows well. your work? If that goes through your head. And he calls you up and says, I'm thinking of you for a movie. You know why? Yeah. You have so much room for improvement to evolve as a human being. <laughs> Thank you. And, I, no. and I'm young <laughs> enough to see it happen. But when, when Mel Brooks calls you. Yeah. He told me the idea. I read the script and I said, who do you have in mind? He says, I want you to play Prince John. I went. Do you think that guests, when they got on this show and they've known him from the radio show, which is a completely different experience. I mean, he is a 79 always. There's a lot of elements going on. You could talk to Robin. You could talk to Fred. There's Jackie. Sometimes there's office things going on. Sometimes they have the whack pack with it. Like there's a lot of different elements that make this palatable like you could definitely think that Howard might be a good interview might be a good conversationalist because you're not realizing all of the other elements in the room when these celebrities go on this show and sit here in front of him like this do you think that they're like what is wrong with him like wh what happened why why is this happening so Gary Shanley Shanley being on the show being, from going from being a listener or a fan to now being on this e-show this interview show I don't think he processed exactly how this was going to work that way he couldn't imagine that it's going to be this bad with just Howard because he's got to figure yeah he doesn't have all these other people but he must be he must have some kind of smarts he, he just looked like he looked like unsure and like what is this really pondering and like his eyes got like real focused and kind of made this what the fuck face throughout the yeah. whole interview. And that's oh, yeah. the same thing I'm feeling with Richard Lewis. Like 
this can't be, you can't be this stupid, right? They're incredulous. They can't believe yes. they're actually seeing, like they're experiencing it. But the thing is, they're also like, we don't know what's happening between cuts, like between uh, commercial breaks or whatever you want to say. And they're also seeing the him same. getting, pr probably getting primped and prepped when like someone come up to touch, you know, the, the makeup on his face or something like that. And maybe to go to the bathroom, whatever. But they hear also what's going on. And I, I bet they're they're taken aback for sure. And I think he's probably really insecure and asking, how is this? How is that going? You know, because Howard needs the constant baby feedback. He even does it with his guests. So can you imagine yeah. what he's doing when it's a break? And mm -hmm. then having Ralph fix his hair. And then here, you need the sunglasses. It's just brutal. Yep. Great. Then, I, then he called my agent. And then that was that. And there was no negotiating in terms of salary? I'm sure there was oh a little. Oh my God! They always Shut negotiate. The fuck is it going for hundreds of thousousands of dollars for something like no, that? Not the money fetish. No, what is your asking? You're richer than most people in this country. No, Why do you care what no, other no, people? What, what is your asking price for something like that? For a, a no cameo idea. or a major role? It's a major role. Major role. So you have to negotiate a price. Yeah, it's still being negotiated. It's a nice deal to take. The smirk is I got the Jew and I'm not going to let him off the ropes. Okay. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're wrong. First of all, I'm half, half Jewish. Jewish. Half Jewish. And I don't like the fact that you you, you do that half thing, by well, the way. I have to. I have to. There's a lot of anti-Semites in this country. Listen to me. I want to know something. All right. You know what? I'm going to give up. The whole half Italian thing is because he was embarrassed by it. Yeah, and it's like, why? Well, like it, if it was a joke, it was a joke that went forever. That was never funny. Like he's so obviously and he, he pointed that out years later because obviously I'm, you know, 100 percent Jewish. Well, I don't know that it's obvious unless you tell me. Right. And, it, and a lot of people didn't realize that they really did think he was half Italian and it right. wasn't like, funny. Like D. Snyder was half Jewish. Uh, I think Bill Maher is half Jewish. There's loads in yeah. the business. And unless they tell you with their name, like Artie's half Italian, but Lang, <laughs> you know, uh, yes, they might yeah. have shortened it, whatever. But he, unless he tells and once he tells you my dad was a uh, quarter, uh, sort of half, half uh, native, that's that's a whole other ball of wax. So either way, <clears throat> is that I, I think it's it's um, pandering. It's also um, it's cowardly. Like, why wouldn't you just go on and just say, look, yeah, I'm a Jew. I'm proud of it. I, I, don't, I yeah. am what I am. Who cares? I yeah, you're right. It's not anti-Semitic. It's cowardly. Like what? Like if they hate you, like it's not like, oh, you're a Jew from New York. I'm not going to listen to your show. It's, <laughs> do I like your show? Does it sound good? Is it entertaining? Are you a good interviewer? No, none of these things. Well, then I fucking won't carry you in, you know, Minneapolis. No one. What do you think? Italians you. aren't going to like you because you're Jewish? I mean, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Explanation. I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up. Richard Lewis. Are you wishing me well? I'm wishing you well in your new project. This show is fabulous, by the way. Fox Network. It's a tough show. Sunday night. You have to married with children. Sunday it's night on Fox is a tough night for you. You're going to be up against you, a lot. Because what are you Sunday talking night, about? You have to marry with children. Well, marry with children, does that do well? That's fantastic. It does. It's not number one in its time slot, obviously. Fox uh, has a stigma attached to it. The it's fourth. one of the big, it's one of the hit shows for the last six years. So you feel confident that you'll be able to carry the audience? Absolutely. He has to shit on Fox. That's the, yep, that's, that's yeah. the, yeah, the way to no, promote the show. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I think Mel Brooks is going to have a big hit on his hands. You do? Yep. And, uh, and that's, and, and that's, I expect you to at least go see it for me. That's very exciting. Richard Lewis, thank you for joining me on the hey, Howard Stern. I wanted to do it the first week. I just couldn't do it. I'm glad you were here. The and, uh, we'll be back next sure. time on the Howard Stern interview. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank God. All right, guys. I think that's about it for this one. We hope you have enjoyed it. Any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? Oh, fuck. That's just... <laughs> hey, there's 25 more, Sam. <laughs>
Oh my God. We are not going to go through all of them. Well, how did this even, oh my God. I mean, I wish there was Reddit boards for this show. (laughs) Or 4chan. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Unbelievable. Guys, thank you so much. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out if you're not already on Patreon. We've got about another hundred and something other episodes on there all for you. Just uh, if you want to sub to that um, with uh, the Black Kluge level, you're going to get access to all the first 34 episodes that are only available from that tier. And you'll also get everything released up there that you're missing on Sundays that were intermittent on YouTube. Uh, They're all going to be there on Patreon and they're all listed in reverse chronological order and it's yeah, great it's stuff. Su- it is great stuff super good variety awesome topics and you know it's you're not getting verbally waterboarded <laughs> no and the audio quality is fantastic so if we if we say so ourselves so have a good one guys we love you take care bye hey you know what that picture of diana de garmo and you was good you can't see the rifle someone has on her <laughs> yeah whatever they're out of the frame huh <laughs> good framing all right eric uh, we'll let the record note that you in fact are not stalking diana de garmo we got it <laughs>